Diary of a Detuber War versus Peace and Scarcity versus Abundance It is the 28th of February, it is 2022, and I remember when I started off this year, I made one of my smartcasts and I entitled it A Dystopian 2022, because things, the direction that things are taking, the direction that things have been taking, and and the knowledge that I have of many years of learning from great minds that this is something that we would have to go through. And I say that rather with a heavy heart because when you say you have to go through something, you're also including, you're also including the idea that there will be something to get through. In other words, we will come out on the other side, but that's not a given. That's not, that's not uh, a certain here because we're dealing with um, elements and people who are seriously anti-human and sociopaths, psychopaths, people who do not have feelings, people who do not have a heartfelt love for humanity or the people that are going to be adversely affected by their decisions. War versus peace. Well, here we are again. And what do I mean by here we are again? Two years ago, just as many other years ago, because I am in the counterculture, it is one of the reasons why I hope, this is why I chose my cultural hip-hop name in hip-hop culture. Many of you think it's just an artist name, but in hip-hop culture, you create a cultural name because we are we are a world ethnic group, but I'm not going to get into that now. But it is one of the main reasons why I chose as my cultural hip-hop name, Counterculture, because I have always been in the counterculture. I was born to be oriented towards the counterculture to a lesser degree when I was younger because I wasn't aware of it. But in some way or another, I have always been steered towards, my, my soul steered, steers me towards the counterculture. And when you are in the counterculture, you are informed differently than, than the main culture and differently than the subculture because you have a main culture, you have a subculture, and you have a counterculture. And it is in the counterculture where you, where you will always find trends, new trends, where you will always find truth, where you will always find people who know what the agenda is and what the main culture is doing, because everything that reaches the main culture comes from the counterculture. So two years ago, when I was, and, and mind you, I'm in Northern Italy. I'm in the Lombardy province where this pandemic thing started. I'm here firsthand, seeing it, witnessing it, living it. And as it was beginning, as it was beginning, I was telling the people around me already, prepare yourselves. We are going to see dictatorship as a result of this so-called pandemic. We are going to see the mandatory obligation to have to uh, take vaccines, which at that time, um, I was calling them vaccines because I had no idea that they would be creating a new kind of medicine, a new kind of injection, this new therapy, this new mRNA therapy. In those days, I was in those days at the beginning, I was saying, people, listen, the masks are not going to do anything. They don't help you. The masks 
infect you even more. You will get reinfected by your own, your own breathing, by the toxins that you are expelling from your body, which you're supposed to be expelling from your body. You're not supposed to be breathing them back in. And obviously you don't want other people to breathe those in, but it's one thing having a person at a distance from you on the other side of the table. It's another thing where you have a mask, which is literally, um, stamped onto your nose and your mouth where the infectious toxins that you are breathing out, you're going to breathe them back in apart from the fact, apart from the fact that the, the virus is so small that with the humidity, with the wetness that is created when you are breathing, that virus is going to come right through the mask or it's going to come from the side of the mask. In other words, social distancing, wearing masks, the PT, the PCR test that'll give you all kinds of false positives, governments that want to lock you down, um, uh, prime ministers and presidents and chancellors and whoever else is out there who just love the idea of a state of emergency, which we, we can suspend constitutional rights, right? I was, I was saying that years ago. I was saying that two years ago at the very beginning. Fortunately, the people around me know me. And so they know that I inform myself ahead of time. So here we are again. Aren't we at another beginning? Now, have we learned the lesson? Have we learned the lesson that when propaganda goes out there and we are looking for information to try to understand what is really going on? Have we not learned the lesson of how these things divide us? Now there is the uh, people who are vaccinated, who, who believe that they're vaccinated. And there's the so-called no vax. I mean, we've even created words for this. Now we are at the beginning of something else that is not the beginning for some people. For some people, they have seen this long ago. This situation that is happening right now with this initiation of war. This has been going on for some time now. This is part of an agenda. And we are, you know what's interesting? We are so quickly divided. We are so immediately divided on this issue. You know, it took a while before people started getting at each other, being at each other's throats when it came to the the, the so-called pandemic, when it came to the virus. I mean, we got into the point where siblings, family members don't talk to each other anymore. Don't. Uh, uh, but it took some time. It took some time to get to that point. This is being done in no time because we're already primed for it. We're already in the midst of it. So it's very easy now to have people divided amongst those who are vaccinated and those who are not vaccinated. Now we have people who are divided uh, 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 to say, well, you know, who's agreeing with the war and who's disagreeing with the war? Or who, who's the evil person and who's the, the good person? And in the end of all this, we bicker amongst ourselves, but there are other agendas going on. And so quickly, you so quickly forget that, don't you? And I said to people, I said to the, you know, I, I said to the people around, this is just what is on the plate now. There is more to come after this. When we look at the situation of what's going on with Ukraine, with Russia, with America, with the whole world, you know, well, we have a new enemy. A new enemy, which happens to be an old enemy, but we are being given something to bicker about while behind the scenes, other things are going on that we will suffer the consequences. We will argue amongst ourselves. We will make really bad decisions. We will make really unformed decisions. We will have 
uninformed opinions, and we will be at each other's throat. And yet, we ask ourselves, do we want war? Do we want peace? Hey, I have a, I have an interesting um, I have an interesting tale from my past, where I went to a protest many many years ago, twenty years plus ago. I went to one of my first protests because I wasn't really into protesting when I was younger. Uh, I didn't grow up in the 60s, so we didn't have much going on in the 80s and the 90s. There weren't, there wasn't much protesting going on for my generation. And that's a generational thing. Uh, so when I first went to finally went to my first protest, because, uh, here in Italy, protesting is extremely popular. <laughs> it's almost too popular to the point where it's, um, festive. It's more of a festivity than it is a manifestation of resistance against the government because want number one, nothing ever changes. Number two, the government just lets you do it. And then, you know, it, it, it goes on. It has learned the government knows the deep state knows the global cabal knows protest won't amount to anything. All, you know, all of you wonderful people who care about the Ukrainian people and you want to go manifest and do everything. Uh, have you forgotten the millions and millions of people across Europe and across the world who were manifesting in the millions, literally in the millions? I'm not, I'm not pumping the number to try to exaggerate uh, against the Iraq war after 9-11. And yet they went in anyway. They went in anyway. So we have situations that are going on now that are predating. So what's, so here's, here's the question. What's so special about Ukraine that the whole world is moving to help Ukraine? Is it because they're Europeans? Is it, is it, is is it a racist thing? How come the whole world didn't mobilize for Libya, for Syria, for Yemen? How come there is this, uh, how come the Palestinians are still living in apartheid? <laughs> you right. Why don't we ask ourselves these questions? Why is all of the sudden, why is all of the sudden, uh, Putin the demon of the world? Why isn't Biden the demon of the world? Why does, why does Biden get the, get the, get the pass to say, okay, you're the good guy now? Remember, Biden was the vice president under Obama when Obama was sending bombs into Libya, when the Obama government, of which Biden was part of that as a vice president, was sending orders to go kill people indiscriminately. What, what was, what's the word? What's, uh, I forget what the word is. There was a word that, uh, that they use, um, I forget it now. It's, it's a matter of saying you're going to, you know, we want you dead and we don't care what the consequences are. We don't care what the scenario is. Did Gaddafi, did, did Gaddafi deserve to die the way that he did? Or should he, should he have not gone before some trial? Should he have not had some, uh, uh, no, no, that's not the way things work here. Americans go and they kill whoever the hell they want. And I'm sorry that that this example is now being because this could end up being a precedent. Russia could, you know, could easily start just doing what America's doing. So then not only do we have America going around the world, running into other people's countries and taking over territories and uh, overthrowing democratic, democratically elected governments. But now we're going to have Russia doing the same thing and not far behind them. There will be China. 
right? This is not a question of uh, who's the good guy and who's the bad guy because we're the good guys and they are all the bad guys. Putin, Biden, Trudeau. You know what's interesting? Here's the interesting thing, right? We got this conflict that's going on in Ukraine and who helped uh, pump that conflict? Who who helped fuel that conflict? Canadians. Not the, not the Canadian people. I'm not talking about the average person. I'm talking about the government. The Canadian government is part of NATO. The Canadian government was involved and is involved in this, in this, uh, so-called conflict. But here we are with Trudeau and Putin, who were all, who were both pupils of the World Economic Forum. Are they not on the same side? Do they not have the same agenda? And we're going to sit here and bicker amongst ourselves as to, to, de to determine who's, who's good and who's bad, who's doing evil and who's not. Trudeau is just as much responsible and just as much a participant, a cheerleader for Putin. Let me repeat that because perhaps you don't get it. They're on the same team. While you're looking geographically and you're looking historically, why not go back and look and listen to Klaus Schwab say, amongst my pupils, amongst the people who have attended my world economic forums, amongst the people who have uh, gotten a good grade, gotten a good grade for attending is Vladimir Putin and Justin Trudeau and half of the Canadian uh, parliament. Okay. So why you're sitting here thinking, you know, Trudeau is going to go in and Biden is going to go in and he's going to fight Putin. They are on the same team, people. They are playing the same game. And always remember throughout history, the bloodlines who have held the wealth, whether they be the Rockefellers, they always betted on both sides. They always funded both sides. So we are sitting here bickering like childish, ignorant children who have no sense of reasoning whilst other agendas are taking place. Yes, this is a concerning moment when it, when we're talking about nuclear bombs. This is a concerning moment when we're talking about World War III because you know, you know what world wars are? World wars are, it's like everyone starts to, everyone, we're all at war and uh, we're going to grab as much territory as we can. So uh, Russia wants Ukraine. Uh, well, America's already got Libya. It's already got Yemen. It, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's like, it's that let's divide up the pie. Uh, China will most certainly, if it has its opportunity, it will go after Taiwan. It may have, you know, it may go after Korea. But this is the scenario that we're in. And in this scenario, here's the interesting thing that we have not heard yet. But this is their mentality. This is the Klaus Schwab mentality, the World Economic Forum. When the pandemic began, this is an opportunity. You, these people look at these crises as opportunities to be able to bring in further their agenda, of which you find yourself on the other end uh, losing. So this is not even about war. This is about an ulterior agenda that is going to be implemented over time. And you will gladly, 
you will gladly give up your freedom, freedoms. Because you know what it is? It's like, well, we have a pandemic and uh, you will give up your freedoms in exchange for health. Right? In exchange for being able to get out of lockdown. Well, now they have something new to offer you. They have peace to offer you. Do you want peace? Do you all want peace? Most of you will be shaking your head. Yeah, sure. Of course we want peace. Well, we will give you peace in exchange, in exchange for more of your freedoms, in exchange for more inclusion into your life, more um, violating your privacy, more of entering into controlling your life and demolishing your rights, giving up your rights. That's what you're going to be exchanged for now. And we're going to have cyber attacks and we're going to have, um, you'll need to register your internet. And, you know, th there is more that's coming in. The digital uh, identity card, which will track all of your movements, everything that they want to push, they're going to push now. Why? Because this is a opportunity. This is an opportunity. What is NATO? NATO is the North American Trade Organization. Trade organization. They should just be doing things economically, not militarily. But in a trade organization, what are you defending? You're defending your economy. You're defending your economics. You're not defending your people. You're defending corporate interests. So now that we are bickering amongst ourselves, well, that's great for them, isn't it? And, and there are those who know certain things. There are those who know nothing. But the, what's important is that even if the, the most intelligent amongst us, it doesn't matter what you know, they have a different agenda behind what is happening. So remember, for all of you people who are seeking peace, who want peace, you'll get that peace, but you'll get it in exchange for something. And later on down the line, whether for yourself, for your children, or your grandchildren, you will not like what it is that you have exchanged. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to add to that. There, there, there's definitely more to add to that. I, it's been a couple of days since I have done a smart cast and I've been reading posts and I've been reading opinions and I've been trying to dialogue with people and I've been reading articles and trying to keep myself updated because I want to see where this is all going. Um, but this is starting off pretty bad because if we're already divided, right, if we're already divided at the very beginning, oh, we just made things very easy for them. <laughs> the global elites, the powers that be, those who want power and control over our lives, which include Vladimir Putin, which it could include Joe Biden, which include Boris Johnson, which include Mario Draghi, Macron, uh, you can go all the way across the board. These people are not on our side. Hey, listen, you want to create a division? You want to have an us versus them? Um, how about the global elites who can care less about us and us? Because that's the that's where the real teams need to be formed. Not Russia, Ukraine. Not, uh, you know, not America and and. England against uh, Russia, not uh, Russia and China. What, th these are not the alliances that should count for us. What should count for us is that we are on one side of a dictatorship, the oppressed side, and then there's the other side, the oppressor. 
I mean, it seems like we in humanity have this need to divide ourselves up into teams. I mean, look at, look at why sports are, are so popular, because there's something in our genetics. There's something in our human nature that wants this, that does this. And unfortunately, um, we have to be careful because we have to project into the future. We have to understand where this is going and how we can be prepared for it. Are you prepared for nuclear bombs? Are you prepared for your electricity to be shut off? Are you prepared for uh, these cyber attacks that can uh, bring down our systems? Are you prepared? I'm not. I'm not. Because it's not just because you have knowledge that you know how to implement that knowledge. I, I'm not as prepared as I would like to be. So when shit hits the fan, then my only preparedness has to be emotional, psychological, and say, okay, how can we, with love and creativity, me and my family, of course, how can we get through this? We've gotten through the pandemic. Mostly everyone around me decided to get their shots. I didn't. And now I'm I'm suffering the consequences of that. But because I love my family, so be it. I've put myself in this situation. You know, they're shedding and I'm being negatively affected by that. But I accept it. I accept it as a consequence of my decision to not want to participate. The future will tell how that will turn out for me. Uh, I knew this was going to be a little bit long-winded, but you know what? I'm not even calculating anymore how many people are listening. Is the audience growing? I'm not, you know, I don't want to be vain in that way. Uh, I, I've never assumed that I'm go, I was going to be or, or could become some uh, popular podcaster with this massive audience. But I like that I can express myself. This is important for me. And so this is why I find myself on DTube. This is why I find myself on Blurt. This is why I have... Uh, spent so many years with these graphene blockchains, whether it be uh, Steemit or DTube. I, 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 haven't, I haven't been able to do much on Hive, but uh, we all know the situation there, don't we? So now I'm on Blurt. And there's a lot of opinions flying around. There's a lot of um, disrespect that's flying around. But we have an opportunity to express ourselves. And that is what is important because, you know, when I finish this SmartCast, I'll publish it. I'll take a nice big deep breath and I'll feel good that I have expressed myself today. And I feel good when other people express themselves, even if I don't agree with them. So there's a lot going on on Blurt, but at the same time, there's a lot going on on DTube as well. So from um, war versus peace, we now go to scarcity versus abundance. There's a lot of secrecy in DTube for the average DTuber. You know, a person like myself, I'm not a, Avalon leader. I don't have massive connections with the people who are on the inside. And just DTube has always had uh, a difficult time building itself up because there is so much uh, division. And not only that, the ecosystem itself is very uh, difficult. Number one, very difficult to understand. Um, number two, it's diff a little, it's kind of difficult to game. Um, which I suppose is a positive. It was one of the objectives. Uh, one of the objectives when they were building the Avalon blockchain was to try to figure out a way to deal with all of this abuse. Uh, but it hasn't turned out well because you know what? You end up with a very small group of people. So scarcity versus abundance is basically this. There is a great emphasis in the DTube system on scarcity. Uh, there's a scarcity of the coin which I believe is like 4 million plus coins in circulation. So 
that's a positive thing for those who believe in the principle of scarcity because you say you have uh, so many coins out there and so that creates the scarcity principle which increases the value because it says the rareness of a thing uh, is what determines its value. However, however, this is not just a monetary system. This is not just an economic uh, uh, an economic simulation. Uh, DTube has D Avalon is a blockchain that has platform that has a platform an app connected to it that allows you to share your videos and then those videos are tokenized. There's a tokenized platform in which those videos can be rewarded. Now there's the system how it's designed it makes it very difficult for people to curate unless you have wealth and from what i've understood um from what i understood there's a kind of a game theory mechanism that's going on where everyone has to say well do i do this do i do a b c um if i do a it goes against me it's it's disadvantageous if it's uh b it's the and so people are not only Having to do work, you know, someone like myself who just, I'm a smart caster, I'm an investor, but mostly for the people who are smart casters or who want to be curators because they want to get some of the coin, they want to get some other token. It's very difficult to make these kinds of decisions over a long period of time because you get tired. You get tired to seeing, you get tired of seeing the value of your vote go down. You get tired of seeing uh, groups that have formed and, and, and so you have a decision to make. You have, uh, you have to understand if you are going to remain, how are you going to progress? Uh, if you're going to leave, how do you want to leave? And so there's a lot. I mean, I, I, I recently saw a video by Tib Fox and he's tired and I'm seeing certain people who I have followed for some time. Uh, they've sold off a lot of their a lot of their tokens, which, which is, which is in their right to do the global reward pool is being consumed even more. The main D tube account, which ha which is the most wealthy account. Uh, I believe if I understood correctly, they have a bot that has been activated. So the D tube account has gone back to voting, um, but voting for who, and mind you, when I say all of this, um, I'm complaining, but I'm not complaining in such a way that I want to um, be nasty towards those people. This is the system. I have always tried to instill the idea that look at the system that you are engaging in, understand the rules, and then determine whether it's a game you want to play or not. The same thing goes for Blurt. And we continuously have the same arguments, arguments of definition, arguments of ideology, and... Um, you know, uh, and over and over again, people just get caught up in these cycles and DTube is decentralized. No, it's not. So this is why you have conflict. So this is why people are wanting to um, point out things that the witnesses are doing or point out things that the major stakeholders are doing. Remember, this is a company model stakeholders. You have your stake. You are a stakeholder. Okay. The voting system is not based on democracy. Each person gets one vote. The voting system is based on uh, wealth. It is wealth-based. So the wealthy determine the leadership. The wealthy determine the real direction, and that is centralization. 
And okay, if you know that that is the game, if you know that that is a, if you are completely fundamentalistically against centralization, you're in the wrong place. If you understand the, uh, the value of centralization and the value of decentralization, well, then you're in the right place. But remember, we are always here role playing. I've always expressed this in the past because we get too serious with ourselves within this kind of closed, limited, small environment. People, there are only a few of us in the world who are on blurt. <laughs> there are only a few of us in the world who are on DTube. And when I say few, I mean very, 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 very small group of people. So why are we bickering amongst ourselves? Why are we fooling ourselves into believing that somehow we have this grand importance? The Blurt Foundation is going to support the Ukrainians. Are you kidding me? Are you seriously kidding me? The community is going to... My, there's a handful of us. We are all here looking to get rewarded in crypto. We are engaging in an experiment that still has to still has to pan out. We still have to see where this can go. And so far, it's not going in any particular direction. Where has Steam it gone? It's grown a little bit of its user base. It's, it's, you know, where has Hive gone? It's the same people, you know, it's actually shrinking over, over there. It's kind of like, there's this, there's a movement to kick people out, <laughs> whereas it's more clandestine within DTube. It's more of a, a secret group of people who kind of, uh, vote amongst themselves and, and, and pull out the DTC and, and consume the, and, and, you know, the, the average person is clueless while on the face of it, you're being presented, come to our platform and get paid for blogging, get paid for your video content, get paid, get paid, get paid. None of you are getting paid diddly squat, okay? That is the pretend game that you play. And yes, of course, some of you are clever enough to be able to exchange these tokens here and there and then, you know, uh, withdraw them from an ATM. Good for you. Good for you that you're able to do that, okay? But don't blow your head up. Don't get all, especially, and you know, because Blurt is just a, a you know, what, what we see in Blurt is a symptom of what we've seen already in the other blockchains, you know, People actually dip into the simulation because it is a simulation. You got your avatar. You play your role. You think you're rich and wealthy or you think you're powerful or you think you're highly intelligent because you know code and things. There's always this sense of when you reach a certain point, you, you gain a, a, you, you gain a sense of superiority. You think that there is more importance in what you are doing or saying than what you used to have before and and here's my thing if you're on blurt if you're on dtube and you think you are important then you are really living an illusion because as i just said there is a handful of us this is a uh capitalistic cronyism kind of model and everyone forms the little groups and everyone tries to build up their wealth and each group has a a main person who voices for the group and who, who gains more. But in the end, we're all just tiny groups trying to chase after a reward. But a lot of people who then 
I don't know. Maybe they didn't have it so well in life. Maybe they never had an important position in life. Maybe they never got to do some of the things that they... Suddenly they find themselves with millions of blurt. And somehow they think that they, they did it. They got it. Wow, finally in life, I have my success. I have power. Uh, uh, I'm important. I'm important. You're, you're narcissistic is what you are. And as a result of the belief that you have created... In the idea that, oh, well, you're getting paid. Oh, well, this is a decentralized platform. Oh, we are against censorship. And I'm just, this isn't just blurt. This is across the board where we have these ideas that this is a censorship resistant. Oh, trust me, when you want to censor someone, you'll figure it out a way. You'll figure out a way. I think, um, I think blurt was created, um, out of a very defective system and they got rid of a lot of those flaws, but they did not get rid of the, let's call it the, the intoxicating adrenaline of uh, a system in which you, you, you can punish people, right? Because we are in a communication system. This is a blockchain system that has uh, built within it, a communication system and that community, see, you know, what's, you know, what's fun about blurt and what's fun about DTube and what's fun, fun about these kinds of systems is that it's a blockchain. Okay. So we know what, we know what's a blockchain. We know what a blockchain is. We know what Bitcoin is and we know what Litecoin, Dogecoin, all of these things. Right. And what's interesting is that what I don't, Bitcoin, I don't know if Bitcoin has a memo feature. I, I am that antiquated now. I, because I just don't deal a whole lot with Bitcoin. Um, but somewhere along the line, a memo system was introduced into the blockchain technology and essentially essentially what steam and as a consequence all of the other graphene blockchains what they have done is that they've kind of taken the memo function and turned it into social media because in essence what we are really doing is that we are communicating with one another uh, across a kind of memo system in which you send uh, you send a transaction across the blockchain and it has a string of letters, has a string of words. But as I've said before in the past, the blockchain doesn't give a damn what you publish. The blockchain is waiting for a title, a body, and a tag. That's it. You hit that post button and it could be gibberish. It can be garbage. You have... Uh, satisfied the qualifications and the requirements of the blockchain. The blockchain is asking you for this. Give me a title. Give me a body. Uh, and even if there's only one word or two letters. And give me a tag. Fulfill these requirements and your submission of your transaction will be accepted by the blockchain. And once it is accepted by the blockchain, you are then, therefore, uh, able and qualified to receive votes. And those votes can then translate into rewards. Okay. So at that point, at that point, we're talking about a communication. So we've turned it into a communication system. So it's really interesting to see so much, uh, dialoguing, so much posting, so much scamming. So much farming, so much milking, because it is what the blockchain allows you to do. Remember that if you start from that premise, then you'll, you, you can be a whole lot more relaxed. 
about the things that you see that you don't dis- that you don't agree with because whatever you're not agree uh, whatever you're not agreeing with it's subjective on the blockchain level there is true and there is false true is the transaction that you can change that you can send to the blockchain and as i said that requires a title body tag false is um you can't hit the post button because, well, maybe you haven't put a title. Maybe you haven't put a body or maybe you have, uh, uh, or you haven't put a tag or you put a tag that begins with a number. You know, th- these kinds of rules, this, this positive, negative, true or false. It's really that simple. Once you hit that true, you're on the blockchain, point blank. You are on the blockchain. And with the way that Blurt works, there is no down vote. So I can simply just vote myself. And what I publish to the blockchain that has been accepted by the blockchain will then be rewarded by the blockchain. And it will be rewarded by the blockchain either through my self vote, or if I want to go to a vote trading service, or if I want to join a curation trail, or if I simply want to ask one of my buddies to say, hey, could you please vote my post? Just because we're buddies. You don't even have to read it. Okay, that is the premise that if you start from that, the rest of it is subjective. It is just arguing over ideals or ideology or how we would like to personally project our thoughts of what the blockchain is or is not, uh, what the foundation is or is not. Is it decentralized? Is it not decentralized? Look, these are all ideologies that come in second place. If you do not part, if you do not take off from the fundamental premise of you are communicating with the blockchain objectively. That means that you send a valid transaction. Everything else, everything else, everything else is subjective. Completely subjective, which is fine. But let's keep it on that level. Let's keep it on that level because if we understand that we are subjectively putting our opinions out there, then we can be more relaxed and we can be more respectful and we can be more well-mannered and hopefully we can be more well-informed. Thank you for taking the time to listen.